Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. Our purpose is to show you that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're glad you joined us here for the conversation as we're challenged from the book of 1 Samuel to let God lead. Now let's hear what Kurt has to say. And welcome back, friends, to today's episode. Surely appreciate your faithfulness to the Lord and to His Word. We are in chapter 30, as you well know, and David has pursued the Amalekites to the place where they've actually found them. Remember, they found the Egyptian slave, and just amazing to me the random ways that God leads us and guides us. And when they happened upon the camp of the Amalekites, the Amalekites are in full party mode. Uh, They don't feel as if there's any danger whatsoever. The Philistines are long gone, take, you know, fighting with the Israelites, and they just assume that David and his men are there as well. So they are not looking over their shoulder, and therein is their first mistake. It certainly is their downfall. They are not prepared at all when David and his men come storming down upon them. So the Bible says in verse 17, our first verse for today, that David smote them from the twilight. So that's interesting. So they arrived at the, kind of at the end of the day. Things are just kind of getting dark. Uh, They're partying. They're probably hoping to bring their party well into the night. He smote them from twilight even unto the evening of the next day. And there escaped not a man of them, save 400 young men which rode upon camels and fled. So interesting that David fought them with 400 slew all of them. So the implication is that there is a huge number of them and 400 of them escaped at the very end on some camels. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Uh, And that must have been quite a battle. Think about this, John. 200 had already stayed back because they were tired. These 400 had to have been fatigued. And now to fight in battle for a full day, this must have been... Wow, they're just the, 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 the nth of their adrenaline and resource. I'm sure that is true. I think of what it would be like to fight hand-to-hand combat for this long. You know, um, I, I never was a wrestler growing up, but I had friends who, were rest, who wrestled. Some of I wrestled just for the fun of it. But, you know, if you wrestle, if you engage in hand-to-hand combat, it is exhausting. It is draining. And here they're fighting, you know, all these hours long. You are exactly right. These men have to just be drained. They're exhausted. Adrenaline only lasts so long. These men are spent, I'm sure, now. But God gave them a great victory. They, as God had told them, they came. They had victory. And this is a great time now, now that they have rescued their people back. There are some incentives that they had that the Amalekites did not have. You're going to fight differently when you're fighting for something. And they're fighting for their family. They're fighting for their children. It's going to be different than when you're just fighting for your stuff. Not only are they fighting for something, they're fighting with somebody. They're fighting with the Lord God. The Lord God has given them a promise. The Lord God has empowered them. And God's going to give them the grace to do what they probably could not and would not have done otherwise so there are some X factors here. And I don't want to go too far off in this direction right now, but I think 
what, a great, what you said is a great reminder that as we serve Jesus Christ, we can never forget our purpose. What are we doing? You know, we're not just living our life away and kind of biding our time till we die and go to heaven. No, God wants us to be engaged now with the purpose. Our purpose is to serve him, to follow him, to glorify him. And having that purpose paramount in our life will help us stay focused and on task and living for Jesus Christ day by day, even now. Look at um, what the Bible says in verse 19 or rather, uh, verse uh, 18, and David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. David rescued his two wives. Well, that's a direct fulfillment of the promise that God had given. God said, you're going to recover everything. And as David rescued his wives and was able to take the stuff back and saw these men that previously had wanted to kill him, but now are re- reunited with their families. What what a feeling of gratitude must have overwhelmed David. This had to be just a great time, a great encouraging time for David. They followed the word of God. What God has said did come true. And this is just a special time now as he's re- reunited with his wife, They his wives, they have victory. And this would have had to have been a blessing to the men also. Verse um, number 19 And there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. So it's as if the Holy Spirit now in the recounting of the story comes back to this. Hey, they recovered all. Then it lists everything, all the categories. And then again, recovered all. God keeps his word, and he wants that to be emphatic in our lives. This is a great declaration of what God has done. God promised them what would transpire. And as you mentioned, the Holy Spirit very specifically emphasizes that they recovered all and nothing was lost. We can know that God's promises are true and that God is always faithful to what he says. The Bible says in verse 20 that David took all the flocks and herds, which they drave before those other cattle, and said, This is David's spoil. And David came into the 200 men, which were so faint that they could not follow David, whom they had made also to abide at the brook Besor. They went forth to meet David, to meet the people that were with him. And when David came near to the people, he saluted them. So remember now, the battle's over. The spoil has been won. The families have been reunited. Some of those wives... And some of those children are now just being reunited because they're being brought back to the 200 that were at the river. And obviously they're excited now because they've received their families back. But we're going to find that while there was tension in the trial at the beginning of the chapter, there's tension in the victory now at the end of the chapter. You know, we often do find that in life. Whenever hard times come, there are difficulties But just because there are successes does not mean that everything is just a bed of roses and everything goes along well. Often human pride gets involved even when there's success. And we're going to find some difficulties in in this next verse here. But I love how David handles this. Yeah. So we got ahead of ourselves a bit. Let's see how this unfolds. Verse 22. Then answered all the wicked men and men of Belial of those that went with David. So men of Belial is just kind of a fancy way of saying worthless men, men that don't have real character, men that don't care about anybody but themselves. 
So were there some people among David's men that were not men of character? Yes. Were there people among David's men that did not have a heart for God and others? Yes. We're seeing that right here. And when they go back with this spoil, they're thinking, hey, we're the ones that fought for it. We're the ones that risked our lives. We were tired too, but we kept on going. And these turncoats, these wimps, they stayed here by the river. They certainly don't deserve what we get. You know, I think about these men you're talking about right here, Pastor. My mind goes back to the mixed multitude that went with Israel out of the land of Egypt and how there was a band of people that didn't follow Jehovah God, didn't love Jehovah God. Their focus was was themselves and what they wanted in life. And these men are right now exemplifying that same kind of attitude. They're really selfish in what they're looking at. They're not looking at their colleagues who they have fought battles with before. Their focus is more upon them and what they should have for what they have done. They don't at all have what you call a team spirit. They're far from that right now. We typically cry foul and unfair when we perceive that things haven't worked out for our financial or material benefit. I think about those men that had been summoned to work for a penny uh, in the parable and had worked all day long, and others had been hired at the very end of the day, and when the day was over, everybody received the same amount, and the people that had worked all day long were so upset. This is not fair, and the owner of the field said, well, what do you mean? We, we agreed to this. Uh, I think we, when we compare ourselves among ourselves and we look at, well, how dare they get a benefit when I didn't get that same benefit? It really is a selfish way of looking at life. It, it certainly is. And our, as you know, our culture right now and our world is very much focused upon fairness. Everybody has to be treated with, you know, with the same, the same way. Everybody should have the same thing. We don't find in Scripture that, to use the word fair in our, in our common terminology, we don't always find that God is fair, so to speak, but God is always just, God is always right, and God always treats people correctly. And David wants his men to understand that it is not, you know, what you think is best is best, but there are higher principles to live by. And David wants to help his men understand how they should live their life and not just stay focused upon themselves. So to finish the thought of verse 22, they said, Because they went not with us, we will not give them aught of the spoil that we have recovered. Save to every man and his wife and his children that they may lead them away and depart. Okay, we'll give you your family back, okay, but you're not getting any of the stuff. I mean, they're just full of themselves. Then said David, Ye shall not do so, my brethren, with that which the Lord hath given us. Belong to you? This is, we have freely received this. We don't deserve this. Who hath preserved us? He delivered us. He delivered the company that came against us into our hands. For who will hearken unto you in this matter? But as his part is that goeth down to the, to the battle, so shall his part be that tarrieth by the stuff. They shall part alike. And it was so from that day forward that he made a statute and an ordinance for Israel unto this day. So David said, listen, everybody had a part and everyone did what he could. And some stayed by the stuff and guarded our stuff. Some went out to battle. The point is, it doesn't make a difference what people did. Every faithful participant will receive of the reward. And I see so many applications here. I think about even the way that we do missions. 
in the modern world. Some people stay home, stay by the stuff, so to speak, and uh, work jobs in factories or in various places and tithe and give to missions and others go and fight the proverbial battle on the front lines. The point is, it takes a team of different people doing different things whom God uses to accomplish his purposes. And I love this. That's what David's emphasizing here, the importance of a team, how that people work together toward a common goal and how that they have different responsibilities, but they're all focused on the same task. They're all on the same team, so to speak. It is interesting, even today in the business world, how often there are books written today in the last several decades about the importance of team uh, in businesses because they realize the power of that. And in churches, you know, we are a fellowship. We are the body of Jesus Christ and the church is supposed to be unified to get along together. And we all are working together for a common cause. And this is a great principle that David gives us. And we ought always remember this principle. There's something greater in the team than just me as an individual. It's what God has called the team to do. I think even how that Paul tells the Corinthians, you know, if you get defrauded for the cause of Christ, take it, take it. There's a greater cause than just your own personal rights. Don't just focus on yourself. Look at the big picture. The rest of the chapter talks about how David divvies this up among the various families and tribes, uh, 26 through 31. What's very interesting, though, is verse 26, and we're going to end with this, where the Bible says that David came to Ziklag, he sent of the spoil unto the elders of Judah, even to his friends, saying, Behold, a present for you of the spoil of the enemies of the Lord. So while Saul is losing a battle against the Philistines, and while Israel is losing land and clout and stuff to the Philistines, David is recovering some things, and in that recovery, he's sharing it not just with those that fought, but with the other uh, elders of Judah, and what this must have done, as very soon thereafter, they find out Saul has died, David is our king, and what a way by which for David to roll out the red carpet of his reign, especially among the nation, the, the, the southern tribe of Judah. What a gesture of goodwill David does here and giving these presents to these elders of Judah. You know, David does know that God has called him and God has anointed him to be the next king. When that's going to happen for sure, David does know that that day, but David handles himself wisely here. And as you, we, as you mentioned in the last episode, I think it was, David now is back to being the old David. He's back to where he needs to be. He's walking wisely. He's doing things right. He is exemplifying a man of God right now. He really is. And uh, we're seeing the old David and we're seeing a transitional David because now the running has stopped and the kingship will begin. We're starting a brand new chapter next episode, chapter number 31. Hope you stay with us. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If everyday truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.